Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Joining me right now is Dr. Ilana Speitzman, who is a lecturer at the Department of Political Studies at Baridan University, talking about the vote that was skipped by the Israeli Security Council, allowing Palestinian workers back into Israel. So this is a very interesting scenario. I mean, here in South Africa, we need to be aware that it's not always war, right? A lot of the intel that was gathered on the kibbutz, on the southern kibbutzim of Israel that allowed um, such an effective attack to happen on the 7th of October was happened. Well, that intel was, was gathered by Hamas, members of Hamas who went in under the umbrella of, you know, friendship or, you know, cooperation. What happens now? Because obviously the past is going to color and change the way we see people in the present and for the future. So, uh, yeah, I think it's an important conversation. So, uh, good morning, Dr. Schweitzman. How are you? Good morning. How many, do we, do we have an idea of how many, um, Palestinians work in Israel? Well, there are a lot of Palestinians work in Israel, especially in construction. Since October 7th, the construction market in Israel is frozen. Most of the construction areas in the entire country do not work because there are no workers, because almost all the workers are Palestinian. Now, this is, this has effect on the housing market in Israel. It also has environmental effects because there are a lot of uh, uh, mosquitoes and all other uh, insects that come in because there's a lot of water there standing. And it also has, of course, economic effects on the uh, Palestinian authority because um, many workers cannot support their families and the economic situation there is very dire. Do you think that things can ever go back to how relations were? And I'm talking about not not politically, but on a one-to-one, um, this, you know, socially between um, Palestinians and Israelis prior to the 7th of October. Well, you see, it's not like there were... We need to uh, distinguish between... And Israeli Palestinians and the Palestinians in the West Bank and yes. Gaza. Yes. Distinct three groups. So the Israeli Palestinians, there is some suspicion, but things are more or less the same. I think the Israeli Palestinians had demonstrated tremendous support for Israel and their belonging to the country and following October 7th. Over and over again, they demonstrate by action, not only by talking, that they are people who devoted to life. They helped save many lives in October 7, and uh, things have been quite quiet since then. Now, the West Bank Palestinians, there was never any uh, good social relations between people. There were some peace activists, of course, but other than that, on a general level, uh, I think the Israeli public uh, treats them with extreme suspicion. And it's not only the government that doesn't let them go back to construction. I think there's a lot of fear from the Israeli public uh, seeing Palestinians in Israeli houses. Because uh, October 7 was a very uh, harsh trauma. Now, it will take time and perhaps once the Palestinian worker will 
return, things will get to normal. But this normal is going to be a different normal because people will be continuing to be suspicious of the Palestinians. It's not going to be the same. Yeah, and uh, you know, over the past two months or since the attacks, we've spoken to different communities, minority communities living in Israel. Um, so, for example, the the Bedouin, right, or the Israeli Arabs, and how the October seventh. Um, terror attacks have had an impact on those communities and certainly because people well, are, are people and there has been an impact for sure yes well first I will tell say several things uh, first uh, the, the Jewish Israelis were really afraid after October 7 that what we're going to see is uh, once again uh, uh, Israeli Arabs Israeli Palestinians uh, getting into this war and riots beginning as we saw in uh, 2021. Um, so there was a lot of fear and, and the Israeli Palestinian knew that there is fear. So they were, uh, they returned because they didn't, they wanted to show the Israeli Jewish people that things are fine. We're not Hamas. We're not going to join them. And it took a while. I know that there's still places in the north where people refuse to go into Arab villages to do their shoppings as they used to. And so, and it's really affected because uh, every Israel, not every, but I think many Israeli Palestinians uh, feel that they're being seen as Hamas, as terrorists and and the current government doesn't help it because our Itamar ben the Minister of National Security, keeps saying that we have to be careful that the Israeli Arabs are going to join Hamas and our enemies. And this doesn't help the, the feeling that you are part of the country, that you are a full member citizen. Yeah, and uh, it can ultimately it can become a, self, a self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, it's... Um... Well, the, uh, thankfully... Yes. It, it did not become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think that's the... That's the point. Yeah. I don't know. If so, it's not surprising, but it's very... Something that makes me very, very happy in these dire times that it wasn't self-fulfilling prophecy. That yeah. the other way around. We saw many solidarity acts. No, 100%. 100%. I'm just saying that But every time Gvir says that, um, it's a marping Gvir... It it be, it could become a self fulfilling profo- uh, prophecy. Yes, yes. No and this is what we are afraid of. Yeah, yes. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, okay, so there was this the Security Council, the Israeli Security Council, Knesset Security Council. They decided not to vote on this. Why? Yes. So this is a this is a security cabinet in the Israeli government of the ministers. It's supposed to um, it's supposed to authorize the Palestinians to go back to work in Israel since it's been already more than two months that the Palestinians from the West Bank are not allowed to enter Israel for work. And uh, and, uh, President Biden pressures the Israeli government, Netanyahu, to let them in because uh, of the economic situation and the Palestinian Authority. The army and the defense forces also support this move because they're really afraid that there will be riots in the West Bank and this will open a new front in the war. However, the ministers in the Israeli government, which is extremely right-wing, they oppose. 
Netanyahu was afraid that he will not get the needed vote, the needed majority for this decision. So, and he didn't want to lose the vote. So he used his power in deciding what is going to be voted on and what not, and decided not to put this decision on vote after four hours of deliberations. Now, this was classic Netanyahu. Netanyahu doesn't like to decide. He likes someone else to decide for him, and then if it, if it succeeds, he will take the credit, and if it fails, he will blame someone else. He didn't want to decide, and this is another instance of him not deciding. If you, as a prime minister, think it's very, it's not secure to let Palestinians go back to work, so please say it, and say that this is your stance, and and make the vote. If you think the otherwise says said otherwise, but it's very convenient to say the American pressure us, and so we decide to wait. Uh, it's not decisive. It's not leadership. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching this very, very interesting language coming out of uh, the United States, and often my my inner my inner voice. I mean. I have to study language. That's what, that's what I do. Language is nuanced. And um, I, I'm thinking the language coming out of the United States is not the language of an ally. What's your thought on that? And feel free to disagree so. with me. I, I, yes. I disagree with you because the language is really a language of an ally, but, uh, but a careful ally. Because it's not an ally that's saying, Israel, you can do whatever you want. And we'll back you up. No. It's an ally saying, we understand that Israel has a right to protect itself. We understand that you have to fight Hamas and not to go to a ceasefire because you cannot allow yourself to have such an enemy at your borders. However, we, we don't trust you. We don't trust you not because we think you, you don't do the right thing or because it's not just, but because your government is a right-wing government that doesn't care about human rights and it's proved it over and over again it doesn't care about democracy either and we saw that in the last year in the judicial uh, reform being transferred so we don't trust you much so the americans are allies but i think in this situation they're a little bit like a babysitting yeah 100%. they come to israel every two days they sit in the cabinet meeting they try to uh, push israel to do what they think is needed now Israel uh, argues with them at times, but in most cases, it accepts their demands, but it does so not openly. For instance, if the U.S. say, we want fuel to be entered as part of humanitarian aid, Netanyahu will say out loud, fuel is not going to be entered, and then pass this decision in the cabinet in the middle of the night. Yeah. So again, I think it's part of the, the leadership, the lack of leadership of Netanyahu. Who cannot stand behind his own actions. 100%. Um, thank you very, very much for your time, Dr. Ilana Schweitzman, a lecturer at the Department of Political Studies at Barilan University, talking about the return and the vote that actually wasn't, uh, 